Did you press record? I did. I pressed record this time, so that feels like a real win. We're off to a good start here. Welcome back to Rhythms of Grace. Uh, I'm Nate, the executive pastor at Grace Church, and I'm here with Sung Kim, who is uh, the lead pastor. And uh, we've been talking about lots of different topics, suffering, you know, um, spiritual warfare, warfare, but all of them are sort of around themes from our current teaching series, which is the book of Job. And so uh, we're going to do that again today. Why don't you tell us where we're where we're getting started. Yeah, so this week uh, we're going through Job chapter 3, and what we're going to talk about is something kind of different from that story uh, in terms of specific content, but I think as we zoom out, we see something really interesting, which is Job chapter 3, he's he's lost everything already through Job chapter 1 and 2. Job chapter 3, he's in the midst of all the pain and disorientation, but it, he, he finds himself in a unique place where uh, the tragedy has already happened, but it's not Job four, chapter 42 where God speaks and there's a sense of peace and resolution. Okay. And so uh, what sociologists would call this stage is uh, liminality. This, state, this space of being in between and betwixt two different things. Okay. The end of one stage uh, and before the beginning of the next stage. Sure. Uh, kind of like tra- a transitional phase of yeah. sorts. Yeah. And so for those of you who haven't heard the word liminal or liminality, it, it's, it comes from the Latin word limen, which means threshold. So it's like the bottom part of a doorway that you have to cross before you enter a, a, a building. Okay. And so that liminal space is just that threshold of one foot in, one foot out. Yeah. And so, uh, it, yeah. And so if you think about it, a lot of our lives are found in that liminal space. What, what might be an example of a, of a liminal you know, so, so one one easy example would be like when you find out that you're pregnant. Okay. Um, you know, it, it, you're in that state. You're you're no longer a newlywed couple, but you're not yet parents. Yeah. And so for nine months, you are just preparing and preparing for the arrival of this newborn baby. And the thing about liminal space, it's it's not just this kind of passive waiting. It's it's actually an active time of waiting and planning, just like pregnancy. Like you don't just sit there and go like, okay, well, we'll just wait nine months. Yeah, right. Something's going to happen, I'm sure. Yeah, it's very active planning Mm. and preparing. And so I think when we go through these kinds of experiences, we also have to uh, remember that transitions, it's not just like, well, let's just sit back and see what happens. Yeah. There yeah. is a lot going on during that phase. And I, I guess there are people probably that don't sort of proactively wait. There are people that maybe passively, you, if you lose a job and you just end up sort of playing video games, waiting for the phone to <laughs> ring. I mean, that still is technically liminal space, right? But you're not really engaging with it in sort of a, a meaningful or proactive manner. Right, right. Yeah, and being in that space is really a mixture of different things because uh, if you think about, again, going back to the, the uh, experience of parenting, you know, you have mixed emotions. On one hand, there's a sense of awe mm. at, at this new child, and yet there's a sense of dread. Like, yeah. man, where, where's, the, uh, th- where's the manual that comes with this baby? <laughs> Literally, when we brought our first son home from the hospital, yeah. I remember my wife and I sitting on the floor in our bedroom, and he was, like, in his little, like, bassinet, and we were just staring at him, and we were looking at each other. We were like, 
what? what are we the, to- <laughs> literally, we asked him, like, what are we supposed to do with this thing now? We're like, do you think he's hungry? Do you think he's sad? Like, you just had no idea. Yeah, I remember my wife, when we brought our first uh, our daughter home, she said, I can't believe they let us out of the hospital <laughs> right, like, with her. Yeah, what are we what? supposed to do with her? <laughs> yeah. Right? And, and not only that, but when you're parenting, uh, you know, as well, you may remember too, you you feel this indescribable love for the child, and yet you are totally exhausted because of sleepless yeah. nights. Yeah. And so um, in, in this time of transition, a, a couple can prepare, but they can't know what they don't know yeah. until the baby arrives. Mm. And so a lot of times, you know, you, you know, people will ask like, how, you know, uh, I'm, I'm going to use a different analogy, but like kind of like when you're, when, you know, uh, people will often ask like, how do you know when, when this person is the one that mm. you should marry? Yeah. Well, you, you, you just kind of know in this transition period, like you, you, you don't know what you should know. Mm. And, in one sense, you can never fully prepare for it. Yeah. And in another sense, you just have to live through it. Yeah. I I know, and I've experienced these times in my own life as well, there are some times where all I want is like, I just want it to be, I want to arrive, or I want the transition to be over, or I kind of want to get back into a routine. That That can be... Again, I can see that as being both a positive, like it can kind of push you forward in those liminal times mm. to be planning and preparing and use agricultural metaphor, sowing. Um, but it can also be negative if that desire it becomes so overwhelming that you kind of find yourself just constantly sort of frustrated uh, at, at not being at your destination yet. Yeah. And I think the natural human response is to resist any kind of liminality, to stru- to want to go back to what's familiar. Yeah. Um, I, I oh, mean, you, good. you just think of like COVID. Yeah. How many times have we talked to church leaders or, or other people and they're like, I can't, ju- I can't wait till things go back to right. Norm- right. normal. Yeah. And we constantly have to remind them like th- we're not going back to normal. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's something new emerging, and we have been navigating this not only as individuals and as families, but as a church. What does that new normal look like? Yeah. There's this unknown future, and that means that there's a transition even in our self-identity and mm. in our practices and even our posture about what we think we know about the future. It's so good to remember that, that our des- if our desire for sort of security and like if we're not careful, that can actually pull us back out of transition, regression, essentially. And if God wants to do something in our lives, if he wants to bring us to a new place, if he wants us to grow in a certain way, if we are too concerned, if we're too obsessed about sort of security, uh, we might actually regress and step back from what God wants us to be doing. That's a helpful reminder for me. Yeah, it it is. You know, and I think when I think of the Bible, when you look at uh, Scripture, uh, one story that really sticks out that really il- illustrates this whole idea of a journey in liminality is the Israelites. They have, they've been freed as slaves from Egypt and Pharaoh, and they wander in the desert for 40 years before yeah. they enter into this new promised land. And in one sense, part of the journey, part, part of the stripping away that happens in the, in the wilderness is the stripping uh, away of their old identity. They only knew themselves as slaves. And so even when they were free, they didn't almost know how to live as free people. 
And yeah. so part of the process that God was doing in them, it, the work he was doing in them is trying to teach them and instruct them and, and create a new sense of identity for who they were as God's chosen people. Yeah. So I think for us too, like, you know, in fact, the whole Christian story, I would say, is an invitation to liminality. You know, on one hand, we look forward to the hoped for reign of God that uh, will eventually come. It's not complete. But yet it's already been inaugurated uh, in and through the person of Jesus. Yeah. And so when we think of eternal life, we, uh, the, the default thought is like, oh, eternal life happens when I get to heaven. Mm. But really, eternal life happens now. But yeah. we're suspended in this liminal space where, well, uh, you know, we've been redeemed, but that's not completely fulfilled until uh, the end of time when Christ returns. Yeah. And so, in fact, the whole Christian life is a journey of liminality. What brings me a lot of comfort uh, in your illustration about the Israelites is to observe how often they sort of pushed forward and regressed. That I mean, that was really the 40 years for them, right? Yeah. Like God trying to bring them into something new, and then they would sort of regress back to their old ways of doing things, whether that was idol worship or doubt or grumble. I mean, all these like backwards, forwards, backwards, forwards. That brings me a great deal of comfort because that certainly is my experience in times right. of transition. Very rarely am I like, I just took one step in front of the other until ta-da, I made it through that difficult time. Like that never happens. Never happens. So it's also a a helpful reminder to to give yourself some grace in in liminal liminal seasons. It it is. And how many times have we spoken to people who have said something to the effect of, when I lost my job, I thought that was the end of the world. And and yet it it was in the midst of that space that I really tapped into my, the dreams that God has given me, my desires. And I started this whole new business. And if that bad thing didn't happen, this new thing never would have come about. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's my father-in-law's story. He lost his job. He worked at Ryder. He was a, a, a VP at Ryder for years. And in his, I mean, so my wife was in high school, she was graduating high school and he lost his job, this job that he had had forever. And that really did force him into a brand new career, a brand new industry. And he was very, very successful at it. Um, But without sort of that tragedy and without sort of walking that out, that, that, that wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can you think of any liminal times in your life that really stand out for you? I think my entire life is a liminal <laughs> time. Whenever things get too comfortable, my wife and I just blow up our whole life. Uh, <laughs> the, one that, the one that is probably clearest to me is that I would say at this point is probably eight or nine years ago. I was on staff at a church in the Detroit area. Really, really happy there. Um, working with a really good friend, still a really good friend of mine. Um, and, uh, I could just tell that what the church needed was not something that was going to be natural for me to provide. You know, I'm an organizer and I'm a strategizer, but I'm not really like a growth engine kind of a guy. Um, and that's what the church needed. And I just knew that if I stepped into that role, the church was going to be unhappy and I was going to be unhappy. It just was not going to work. So, uh, my friend and I, we just, had lots of long conversations and I said, Hey man, let's like, let's transition me out of here. I'd rather have the church be successful than keep a job, you know? Um, and over the course of that transition, I didn't know what was next. I really had no idea what was next, but I could just tell that like the season of my, of, of me working at that church was coming to a close. So, uh, you know, after a long period of transition, I stepped off staff. I kind of had no idea what was next. I mean, really, um, 
But what came out of that over the course of the next year or two was that we landed on the farm where we live now. And without, without taking that step, I don't think I would have been willing to take the leap into what God had next for me. You know, I, I, when, when the opportunity to purchase the farm came up, I didn't have a lot that was still keeping me in, in sort of my previous life. Um, and so it was really probably the first time ever in my life that I felt like I could do something sort of that wild, um, and, uh, and really take that sort of a leap. But there was a year or two period of transition where I was working construction and, you know, I mean, all these things that were just sort of like very, very transitional, um, that eventually had us land where we've really experienced kind of the fullest measure of God's blessing that, that I could ever have hoped for. And that's the truth. Yeah. One, I, I want to read a portion of uh, something that um, author Richard Rohr says. He says, all transformation takes place here. He's talking about the Linmo space. We have to allow ourselves to be drawn out of business as usual, which is what you were just talking about, and remain yeah. patiently on the threshold where we are betwixt and between the familiar and the completely unknown. There alone is our old world left behind while we are not yet sure of the new existence. Mm. That's a good space where genuine newness can begin. Get there often and this is the hard part, and stay as long as you can by whatever means possible. (laughs) He says, it's the realm where God can best get at us before our false, because our false certitudes, our false certitudes are finally out of the way. Man, that is so good. It's horrifying and good, right? Mm -hmm. I I know that when I'm in those times, I feel miserable, and I I (laughs) am so regularly crying out, like, God, will you just bring an end to this, right? But to, to view it from a different perspective and to say God is doing something yeah. here, like that, that's, um, that's really profound. You know, I, I, uh, I, several years ago, I did an extensive training uh, for spiritual direction. And um, in, in one of our courses, uh, one of my, um, you know, fellow students and I, we were talking and I was in a really difficult season and talking about how I just felt stretched and, and I was in a liminal space. And she said, you know, here, here's, a, here's an illustration that I feel like God is, is inviting me to share with you. She said, you know, w- if you play a violin, the strings have to be taut. If the strings are not tight, you can't play music on them. Same with a guitar or any sort of stringed instrument. And she said, sometimes when we're feeling stretched, I think it's God tuning us. God is getting ready to play music with us. The only way for us to be ready is for there to be that stretch and for there to be that tension. And that brings me regular comfort when things get difficult. Because instead of saying, this is painful, I want it to stop, you can say, you know, wait a minute. Let's let's see if God is doing something here and if I'm being stretched in a way that's going to allow him to play something extraordinary with my life. I bring that to mind regularly. Yeah. Yeah, you know, when I was uh, when I was a younger Christian, for some reason just deep in my mind, I had this thought that like, oh man, I can't wait to the day that I finally arrive as a Christian. Yeah. And that's no longer true. I, I don't think that at all. And so there was a time when, when I would go through difficulties where I would pray, God, just get rid of this difficulty. Yeah. And now whenever I go through adversity, now instead, like, again, you know, 
you both pray, God, deliver me from this, but also you pray, God, just, you know, deliver me from myself. Yeah. And now, now the question is more like, as I go through adversity, God, what are you doing in my life? Yeah. Yeah. Because, because I trust in God's sovereignty, I, I trust that he has orchestrated things in my life, both internally and externally, where I am forced to come to the end of myself. Everything that I've done before in my own strength, I can't go any further. And, and so that you come to the end of self, and you're at that threshold where you, that actually drives you to depend on God. Yeah. And, and that's where, again, going back to that space of that, that threshold is where God does his best work. Yeah. I've heard you describe, it was a sermon from several years ago. I th- think I get brownie points for that. If I, <laughs> if I quote a sermon that's many, many years old, uh, you were talking about how oftentimes our lives are cyclical. And whatever an issue is, like God is going to bring us back to that. And it's not that you get through that and then never have to go through it again. It's going to keep coming up. And our hope is that each time we learn something new and sort of like are on a slow ascending spiral. And as we walk through that issue over and over again, God refines us more and teaches us more and develops us more. And that has also been tremendously helpful for me when I'm in the midst of something that I wish, I'm like, I thought we were done with this kind of a thing, right? Mm -hmm. To remember, no, our lives move in slow cycles. And and the fact that I'm back here, I, my goal is to make sure that I learn more than I learned last time and that I'm not making the same mistakes that I made last time and just trust that, oh, well, guess what? It's going to come around again and, and we can see God's hand in our lives as we are able to navigate that maybe faster, maybe with more righteousness, maybe with less angst, um, but it's going to come back around again. It will. And I think part of what also helps me to embrace that in-between zone uh, where you actually feel like you don't have control is another imagery, which is, which uh, again, by the way, like I hate that feeling of not having control. (laughs) Me too. Even if you don't really have control, at least you think you have control. I love the perception of control. (laughs) I love it. You know, like I, I think of an airport. Uh, it's kind of a liminal space, kind of a non-space, because that's where people gather on their way to and from other places. And so the airport is a critical connecting point, but it's not a destination for anybody. Yeah. Um, and so when we're at an airport, you're neither here nor there. And, and if you think about it, you operate with a whole different set of assumptions and behaviors that wouldn't be acceptable at work or at home or, or play. Like wearing your pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> right. Who wears their pajamas at, the, at, at an airport, right? Um, like, for, for example, like uh, there, there's a certain kind of detachment for me when I, I'm in an airport, right? Um, mm-hmm. I, I will rarely engage in conversation. And even when I spend several hours like in close physical contact with a person next to me on a plane, uh, like I, 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 I don't really engage in conversation. That, like that kind of behavior would not be acceptable in, in any other context to be that physically close and not engage in conversation. Yeah. There's, there's also a, a sort of detachment to kind of what happens to you. Like you simply have no control and you just have to yield yourself like as a day unfolds. So for example, um, like you, you find out you, the, your gate has switched. Yeah. Like if, if you approach 
changes in that in-between world, the way that you often approach changes to your daily schedule or, or your normal environment, like you're just going to drive yourself crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, there's, there's a sense of like open-headedness and a sense of going with the flow. And again, that doesn't mean you're just passive, but, the, but, but there's a posture of readiness, a, a posture of just uh, um, uh, pivoting and adjusting to the changes around you. Yeah. And I think especially during the, this pandemic, that's something that, that God is almost exposing in our personal lives, these old routines that maybe no longer serve us or, or uh, serve who we're becoming. Mm-hmm. God is just, they're just kind of collapsing around us. Yeah. And we're having to rediscover new ways. And, and again, it's, it's a way for God to bring us back to that airport place where it's like, hey, you're neither here or there. You thought you had your life under control. This is my way of just reminding Reminding you, it's not. Yeah, and reminding us of where we need to place sort of our trust yeah. and our faith. Like if it's in our routine or the stability of our job or those things we're not in control of and they are not static. In the midst of that, God's promise is that he is always faithful and that he is unchanging. And if you rely on that as your foundation, well then, guess what? A lot of those other things can change without it throwing your entire you know, sort of emotional life topsy-turvy. Man, couldn't have said it better than, uh, than myself. So that's a, good, <laughs> <All> <laughs> that's a good way to end. So listen, if you're in a liminal space, like take heart, take heart. It's not going to be forever. And there is a tremendous amount of things that God is potentially wanting to teach you and, and, and transform you in and new opportunities he wants to bring. Thanks so much for joining us once again. Uh, I hope that you will check out our uh, episode next week. When we continue in the midst of our discussion of the book of Job.